This is The Street Life. I play the street life. With Greg Russell. A program here to eliminate the stigma and address the issues that can affect your community. And now, The Street Life with Greg Russell. All right, all right, guys. How you doing again? Welcome, Atlanta. Welcome, my internet world. And welcome to my social media family. We are back again with a new podcast. It's Street Life. I'm your host, Greg Russell, and we're here on the Old Fashioned Health Network every Wednesday at 7 o'clock for your ride home. All right, guys, just to empower you for your information that would help you out in life. So... It's 2021, right? I think it is, if I'm mistaken. (laughs) I'm just so excited today. But 2021, guys, and we're still bringing out the same message. And what we do is try to empower you to make some kind of a change, whether it's financially, whether it's physically, or whether it's mentally. You have to make a change. And we're going to keep on bringing this message so everybody can take heed and really just start to take part in what they need to do. Everybody, and I mean everybody, plays a part in these streets, whether it's big or small, young or old, all right? It does not matter. Today, guys, I want to introduce two gentlemen that have been in my life for a long time, and I'm so excited that they even agreed, (laughs) and they are here together. On my right, guys, I got brother Neil Carney, and then on the left, I have Mr. Russell Johnson, all right? These guys have been a major, major, major key opponent in my life. And they have played their parts, not only as fathers, not only as mentors, but as men really standing up to the plate and doing what it is that they need to do. Not what somebody else told them to do. It's what they need to do. So, you know, we're going to get into a lot more. But first, I want to introduce my guests. All right, Brother Neil Carney and Brother Russell Johnson. How you guys doing today? Great, man. Doing well today. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and tuning in. You know, for everybody else that's watching for the first time, please go ahead and download the app. We're streaming on all your social media platforms. iTunes. Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast radio. Take us wherever you go. All right? Please do that for us. Give us some comments so we can help you be more empowerful. It's been a long ride. 2020 had did a number to us. And I guess a lot of us are really still feeling the lash. How has the pandemic really been treating you guys? You know, we're all sheltering in place, trying to stay healthy. We've named the cracks in the walls and all the rooms. Over the tears. You have to do what's, what's best for yourself and your family. And so, uh, so we're just trying to stay safe. All right. We don't have a whole lot of things we want to do anyway. So oh. I don't think Probably not because we like to rip and run a lot, you know, so 
Yeah, you know, you guys are probably just more settled into just doing the everyday things that you've been doing, right? <laughs> a lot of reading, you know, watch TV, a lot of, a lot of sports. Uh, <laughs> well, one day I'll be able to sit down and enjoy it just like you guys. But before we really get into our conversation, it is Black History Month. And then I want to let everybody know it's still not unfair. It's still not fair. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. It's still not fair. All right. We only get 28 days out of 365. But you know what? It's all right. We're still going to do what we need to do, right? So today's message, last week I told you guys about um, the gentleman who invented the folding chair, Nathaniel Alexander, back in 1911. And I want to tell you guys today, I bet you didn't know, I bet you didn't know who invented the folding bed. Yes, the folding bed. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. The folding bed, yeah, guys. <laughs> Leonard C. Bailey, back in 1899, he created the folding bed. We had, we needed something to lay down on. We weren't going to keep on laying on the floor. We needed something. So he created that. Just to let you guys know, we are the pillars of this land. All right? So every week that I come on, I will introduce something that you didn't know or who created something that you did not know. Hey, that's your Black History Month right now. But to get back into the conversation. So, guys, today I really want to talk about empowering our youth and being more of a mentor and being fathers and being men. It hasn't been easy. And, of course, you guys are a lot older. Could you explain to us how... Or what were the challenges that you guys had coming up as men? It, it probably wasn't really different than what you guys are going through. Um, and especially as young black people. As I, as I get older, I begin to realize the things that affected us when we were younger. The fact that we were brought up without a father in the household, which is pretty much what we're going to talk about today. Yes. And how that affected the things that I did, the way I did, and, uh, and how I didn't have the confidence or the, uh, the knowledge to do a lot of things that I wanted to do. So we, we, we pretty much deal with the same things you guys are dealing with. Whatever the reason, 
we grew up without fathers in the home. And so we had to make some choices. And uh, between uh, big brothers, uh, no, God, and, and putting people on our path, uh, we were able to grow up as real men. And so now we have a, uh, a well, you know, we have a desire to make sure that we help other young black men who grow up without fathers in the house. Yeah, and that's very important because we, I believe we lack a lot of that. And, you know, you know, it's another conversation that I really wanted to probably, you know, segue into is the importance of it. And then how did you realize you needed to do this? It's like, okay, you have a lot of people or a lot of men. Yeah, they are successful, but they don't turn back and say, hey, let me help out or let me reach out. You know, like I expressed to everybody else, you guys have been in my life for the longest and really helped me to get to where I am. So for you guys, uh, I'm going to start with you, Brother Connie. What made you realize this is something that you need to do, not want to do, but need to do? For you, Brother Johnson, what made you realize this is something that you need to do and not want to do? When I was growing up, I remember two uncles that uh, affected my life. Now, at the time, I didn't realize the, uh, the, the input that they were putting into my, into my life and the things that I did. They weren't what we would call great they didn't have a whole lot of education. They didn't make a lot of money. But every day they got up and they went to work. I never heard them complain. And whenever I was around them, they always lifted me up. They always encouraged me to uh, to overcome the problems that I was that I was dealing with or to to you know just go ahead and yeah, you failed today, but tomorrow it'll be okay. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Keep on going. Keep on going. And I, and I remember that when I got older. I did not realize how much they affected me until I got older. When I was going through it, it was, you know, I appreciated them, but I didn't appreciate them as much as I should have. 
And then when I got older, say 25 or 30 years old, I began to reflect back on what they did for me. And how I realized that you got to get up every day and go to work. <laughs> Don't feel like it all the time. Somebody got to pay the bills. Somebody got to pay the bills. And if you got kids, it's more of a reason that you got to get up every day and go to work. Because what you didn't get, maybe you can put it in them. Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, uh, more often than enough, we as a culture, we only look at self instead of looking at the bigger picture. Like you said, okay, yeah, I wasn't able to do this, but now I can pass on what I know to the next and help them get further and be better than I was. So not to harp on my hoop dreams and all my other realities that did not happen. Okay, let's get past that and let's work on or pass it on to the next one. So for you guys here, and it doesn't matter who responds first, what changes do we need to make in order to have that, to give back to what, what you guys are doing, mentorship, and realizing, okay, somebody else less fortunate than I am needs help or needs guidance. What changes do we need to make to get to that point? Well, coming from my family, one of the things I had to do initially was try to break the cycle, break the change. Break that down for us, Brother Carney. Yes, sir. Um, I came from a home where my father drank. Um, you know, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of things that went on. Yeah, I don't want to bring all my family there now. It's all right. But, it's uh, all right. <laughs> but, but I'll just say that my parents loved us, but they weren't good for each other. And so, when we, as we grow, we need to break some cycles. I don't smoke. Uh, I'm womanized. I'm not a perfect man, but there are just some things I won't do. Right. Uh, and uh, I teach my children, or I taught my children, they're grown now. And, and those are the things that I try to teach young men. Um, about saving, having something, breaking the cycles in their lives. Uh, you know, we, we we work and we live for the day. Most of us don't know anything about saving. Uh, pay yourself, put something away for rainy days. We live from check to check. Um, you know, respecting women, all women. You know, respecting elders, all elders. You know, there, there are just some lessons that need to be taught and, uh, you know, part of what I do. I think as uh, African-Americans, we have a tendency to look out and 
want to uh, solve our problems. Too often we want to blame it on the white man's system. And yes, that has a lot to do with the situations that we're in. But if we don't do something, we will never overcome the issues that we have in the black community. Because regardless of whether we realize it or not, you might give us a, a, a piece of truth every now and then. Right. We have got to be invested in ourselves. You know, even though Neil and I didn't get what we felt we deserved growing up, that doesn't mean we're going to give up and we're going to say, well, because I didn't get it, I don't care if anyone else did. If we're going to straighten our problems out, it's black me. Too many of us are in jail because they don't have the leadership of other black men. Right. Or black men to reach out to them to care about us. never get there and and that's a that's a major point that you both you guys have made because we don't realize the power that we have uh within our community within our families and then we just turn a blind eye on every situation that you know we're you know faced with and it's it's hard to really overcome that because now like you said we want to point the blame. Oh, well, this didn't go right. Or I didn't get this job. Such and such didn't want me to have this. Or I can't do it because my circumstances don't allow me to. You know, like what Brother Connie was saying is breaking the cycle. Yeah. It's comfortable enough to fall back into the same thing that the family members before you, the family members before them has always done. It's comfortable because now we got an escape goat, right? We can escape to that. We can blame. We got somebody to blame now. We can point the finger. So now we we just choose not to move forward just because of that. On top of that, guys, explain to our audience and our social media family, why is it so hard for us to do this? Why? Well, there's a four letter word called self. <laughs> Tell me more about it. Tell me more about it. I'm just being real. You know, we, we, we're selfish. We want what we want. We think about us as a people. I remember, and I'm sure Russell does, years ago, we lived together as a family. Well, guess what? As the oldest sibling got 16, 17, what do they want? Out, independent. Yes, yes. Don't want to, don't want to do uh, what some families do and, and hold it together until each one is helped. You are so correct. We to do our own thing. And so we're more concerned about the convenience of ourselves in all aspects of life. 
And so we're not as concerned about family. Is that a trained habit or is it a taught habit? Um, could be, could be a little both. You know, again, these cycles, right? If you grew up in the welfare system and you didn't have anybody teaching you to do something or to learn something or to break that cycle and learn to depend on yourself instead of the system, then you can easily fall into that same system. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes it's what you see all around you. Um, but again, we, we talk a lot about a lot of things. And you have to surround yourself with positive people who are going places or who've done some things. So you train you, help you, better you. a little bit off. I think it was a little bit longer than that, but you know, hey, yeah. hey, that's what they gave us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You made this, we got a bad deal. Let's face it. A lot of people got a bad deal. But we are the only ones that's going to help ourselves. Right. We don't help ourselves. Ain't nobody else going to Exactly. And you got to want it for yourself. You know, we have too many situations where we find our kids pacified and they want somebody to give it to you. You know, they got your hands out and then you want to get upset because you feel like you're entitled to something and you haven't worked for anything. Right. You know, one of the mistakes we make is trying to teach our children and others to um, want good grades to make us happy. Right. No, or you're not doing it for me. Achieve something to make me happy. Right. We need to train our children uh, to achieve, to make themselves happy. Correct. When they are self-motivated, you don't have to ask your children, did you do your homework? Right. Because they're not doing it for you. Yeah. They're doing it because they want to be somebody. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, guys. You know, we, we're trying to unpack a whole you know, a whole show into, you know, this little bit of time. And you guys know, I talked to both of you, we can talk on the phone for hours about 
everything that we need to do. I want to really just hit home right now for what you guys do. All right, guys, in Atlanta, my internet world, my social media family, you can always find me on Top G Main at Instagram. All right. And then here we're viewing live on Facebook, Old Fashioned Health Network. Hey, but I will share the message with you guys. Download the app and continue to follow us every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Two, two esteemed gentlemen here to give us knowledge about what it is to be mentors and pillars in our life. Another question I got for you guys. How important is being a mentor or how important are mentors needed now, prevalent now than it was when you guys were coming up? Well, they're extremely important. Uh, people need to see people who look like them mentoring, mm. uh, teaching, training, examples, and positive roles in their lives. And I don't have to tell you the condition of the world. Um, it, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, still have a long way to go. And there's something uh, acceptance people are always going to need. Self-esteem people are always going to need. There are just some things that mentors do that are never going to be a bad thing for a child or anybody coming up. And so uh, it's it mighty important. And as I said before, one of the biggest problems in the African-American community is the lack of good males in the household. It, for the most part, and there are, there are instances where it doesn't apply, but it takes a male to raise a male. Correct. And that's, and that's in, in that community. Or equate that with the animal world. Yes. You know, it, it, you know you've got to have a male in the household. Correct. And, and, 
We did all right. Yes, I totally agree, guys. And um, I would like everybody to take this information to consideration on their on you know their deal what they got going on, whether a single mother or a single father in their situation at hand. Look at what's going on, and then you need to bring those people or those necessary people in your life. You don't have to go out and hire nobody, but you have uncles, aunts who could step up to the plate, just introduce them, and then put those, you know, situations in front of them so they can be impactful and useful. Guys, I want to thank you so much for coming Please out. Thing, yes, go ahead, Dad. Go ahead. As a mentor, I get as much out of this as you got out of it. Oh, you just don't believe. When I see what you boys are doing, I am proud. Uh, you just don't believe between the both of you guys. I don't even know how to share the wealth, but I truly appreciate you guys. And I'm going to tell you guys, tell you this now up front. If I had never tell you before, and I think I do express the same way because you guys, I am something. All right. And we need more of that. And then one day I can feel the shoes that you guys have paved for us and step up to the plate as well. We need more of that, and we're going to continue doing it. Street life is all about empowering everybody to make a change. Financially, physically, and mentally, everybody plays a part. And you gentlemen have played your part. Hands down. If I could tip my hat, I would to you guys. <laughs> but I want to thank you guys here on Street Life every Wednesday at 7 o'clock for your ride home, guys. All right? Full of empowerment. Keep striving, keep pushing to the next time. We out.